Well, this is the Bob Cowan Podcast and is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers online casino and sportsbook app today with uh, John Shannon, as per usual. And uh, our pal Richard Deitch will join us. And I, I imagine a variety of topics well, will be discussed. I, well, I, I, right off the top, we have to talk about the WNBA. Why? Well, R- Richard, you know, Richard likes the WNBA. It had a great story in Toronto last week. Almost you like 20, the WNBA? I, I don't necessarily call it appointment viewing for me, but I, I think that there I should be. A pro- I think there should be a professional basketball team for women in Toronto. Well, there doesn't seem to be any reason why there shouldn't be, given that Toronto that's has a, proven itself a, to be a, a pretty good basketball ball. city. That was a double negative. So, so you're saying there should be one? Well, I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't understand why there isn't one. Okay. Um. This is obviously a very good basketball market. Yep. It has it has been so established by the Toronto Raptors. Uh, there seem to be a lot of fans. The fact that they drew 19,000 or whatever for the uh, exhibition game last week is evidence of that, I think. So there should be a, a WNBA team in Toronto. Do I care if there's a WNBA team in Toronto? No, I do not. So you're not buying season tickets? I'm not buying a, I'm not buying a ticket. <laughs> okay. Forget season tickets. Uh, we'll talk about that and other things. Richard Deitch joins us after this message. Hi, this is Bob McCowan for BetRivers.com. Hey, if you're looking for a sports book or casino app, you should check out the BetRivers Sports and Casino app today. Play all of your favorite casino games for real money anywhere and anytime. Plus, get in the action with each sports game with hundreds of sports betting options. And get ready to feel like a VIP because you'll earn both loyalty level points and bonus store points on every real money wager you make. You must be 19 plus available in Ontario only. Please play responsibly. If you have questions or concerns about your gambling or someone close to you, contact Connex Ontario at 1-866-531-2600. Or speak to an advisor free of charge. BetRivers.com. We are back. It's uh, McCowan and Shannon, as per usual. And Richard Deitch, our uh, buddy, our pal, our chum, uh, joins us today. You're doing well. You look good. Yeah, things are... Uh, well, I love uh, I love our long pre-show meeting. I mean, I'm exhausted from the preparation that we, oh, please. we've done. It's a little longer than normal, Richard. I apologize. About wow. 15, 15 seconds. Is I love the, yeah. the time. The new yeah, normal, John. Yeah, well, you know what? We're just expeditious. Let's just let's let's get going. I hear you. Let's do it. I have no particular order and uh, to uh, a bunch of topics to discuss that are newsworthy, but I have no particular order. Uh, in order to keep Shannon happy, I suppose we should start with hockey. No, no, I no. These, this is a great day not to talk hockey. The, the the basketball is fantastic. The Yankees and the Jays, the rivalry is fantastic. There's you know the PGA we'll starting that. today. I mean, there's so much stuff to talk about. Well, and the Arizona Coyotes are looking for a new home. I think are they not, Deitch? Yeah, um, I have to be honest. Um, 
I love when voters in municipalities turn down uh, publicly funded sports stadiums. It, it actually, I, it's a cause for celebration. I would feel the exact same way if that was in my city. Um, when we were on Sportsnet, Bob, I um, was very, very clear that um, I didn't support any kind of like Calgary or Vancouver Olympics bid. I just, I don't think the public should pay for this stuff. Even as someone who covered seven Olympics and loves the Olympics, it's the same way when it comes to like uh, the, the Coyotes, it'd be the same. It's the same way I felt when the Bills put, uh, are now getting public funding from New York State. No, no, not They're, public funding. A lot of public funding. A lot of public funding. So the, the Coyote situation is interesting. John will have far better insight than me. It's very clear that Gary Bettman is heavily invested in wanting hockey in Phoenix and wanting hockey in the Southwest. And I understand that. It's a it's a big market. Um, you want to have your flag in that part of the country because the other sports that you compete with, the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball are there. But, I mean, it, it, it seems very, very clear that that's not a market, a good market for hockey. And I'm probably being underselling it there. And I just don't know how long the commissioner and the league can sort of continue to try to win this fight. It, 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 it just doesn't seem like hockey in Arizona is going to be successful long-term. And if that's the case, then to me, they should just figure out, okay, what is the next city where we can, we can take a, take a franchise and have massive success. Well, the question now becomes, is Batman ready to say that? Because he hasn't been up till now for reasons that have been inexplicable to me. I don't know why he has, you know, punched the Arizona clock over and over and over again and been so supportive of the franchise there when it has been a failure for years, both on the ice and uh, in terms of, you know, what they've done you know, in in the uh, in the vicinity. I mean, it didn't work in Glendale. It didn't work on the ice in Glendale. It didn't work uh, economically in Glendale. The arena was apparently too far, and in the wrong location. And the the Tempe deal astounds me too. Like, how do you go through the Tempe process uh, and and get and fail? Shouldn't you know whether there's going to be? a successful run of this thing in advance before you take it? I mean, do you open the door only to have it slammed in your face? Because that's what's happened. I mean, I don't get that. I, I don't, you know, what? what is his, what is Gary's belief that, the singular belief that hockey will work in Arizona? Because it, it won't. And even the people in Arizona are telling them, telling them that repeatedly. Aren't they, John? I th I think that they're getting to that point now. Um, but you should have got to this point ten years well, ago. Well, you and I've had this argument, Bob, because you you mentioned well the product on the ice was bad and the fans wouldn't show up. That actually shows me that the the fans in Arizona are smarter than you realize. Because if you got a bad product, you don't want to show up. So what? Uh, well, you, you've got so, an NHL team that has had a ownership questions. Oh, that Bob. has not found a home and and support throughout, regardless whether Wayne Gretzky was the coach or 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 somebody else. Yeah, no, it, no. it hasn't mattered. And I think it never I, looked I, like a good place. Well, I think it did look like a good place at one point, but when when was that? I I think when they were downtown, and then and then they got. How long into ago was that, John? 
No, Bob, Bob, listen, the, I, I don't, I, I'm just giving you the facts. Don't say that I'm, uh, this is not my opinion. How I'm long ago you, was that? Was 20, minute, 20 years ago, 20 years exactly. ago. Exactly. Yeah. No, no. And, and the, the issue in the end became on ice product was bad. Ownership thought that they could make a quick buck. And it and the two didn't go hand in hand. The frustration I think for the Tempe the Tempe thing, Richard, is there was there were real claims by the Morello group that it wasn't going to cost them public money. I right. I, I didn't I did not look closely enough at, at the referendum to suggest what happened. There were and what's happened now is I do think that and we had Gary on what, ten days ago, Bob? Yeah. And he and he gave all of the reasons that Richard talked about top 10 market. You know, there's lots of people there's there. He gave all those reasons. Um, but I do think that I think that they were shocked with, by the outcome, not only the outcome of the referendum, but how bad the referendum went. It was not like 5149. Correct. This was 5743. And so that was that's a huge blow. What, what I think is happening now and going to happen over the next six months is they are trying to find an exit strategy. I think that we will start hearing about an exit strategy, about moving this team somehow, some way, or getting this team sold to the one person who has the appetite for the market, and that's Matt Ishbia, yeah. who has the ownership Sun. now of the Suns and has an arena. So... <laughs> which, by the way, is the same arena that the team started in in 1996. So I, I, th I think those are the two options that we're going to start hearing about in the next six, eight months. And, you know, we're going to this this could potentially be the last year. Uh, we know it uh, the, of last year in the 5000 seat arena and could be the last year of hockey in, in that area if everything goes to fruition, because there is too much pressure now. <laughs> From lots of constituents, the owners, the other owners saying that, you know, Arizona is not pulling its weight with hockey related revenue. We're tired of subsidizing it. And I think Gary's feeling that pressure. Yeah. The the, the one thing I would say, like, I, I understand where Batman and Lee are coming from. And John sort of hit on it. Like, it's a major American market with a big population. It's yeah. a growing American market. You're, the demographics are such that Arizona is growing where like a state like New York is declining. You have great um, diversity in terms of the potential fan base, whether it's Hispanics, um, you know, uh, white fans, black fans, et cetera. It's a, it's a diverse, it's a diverse state. Um, so you can really expand your market. It's again in the Southwest, which has always been like, you know, the place that they've always wanted to be, because it's really the one place in the United States that they don't have any kind of great foothold. And again, there are other franchises there in the sports that they compete against that obviously, you know, if you want to be a serious, significant league, you know, you see the Suns are there and you see the Arizona Cardinals are there and you see the Diamondbacks are there. Like NHL probably thinks we got to be able to have a market. Um, but everything you said, Bob's correct. Like history has already proven it doesn't work and now i think john brings up like the ultimate point the real question is like will this billionaire who just bought the suns essentially fund a a, a a money loser for a while just to maintain the nhl's there i i i don't know why that would be a good business proposition for matt ashiba but if you know we've seen billionaires carry lost leaders all the time 
that are these um how do i sort of say it like you know like like a guy like jeff bezos might own the washington post if it's not making money it's still like a prestige product to own mm-hmm. and i wonder if you're mad at sheba you, you might look at it like okay the suns are going to be my money maker here and i'm just going to own an nhl team because it's another toy in my toy box. another there's no, ec- there's no economic reason left why that franchise should be in arizona none right well, there hasn't been for a long time, yeah. And it's been, I in, in, in essence, it's been Gary Bettman that has been propping, trying to prop prop up that franchise for years and years. Mm-hmm. There's John, no, where do you, there's no other reason for them to be there. John, where do you think the best alternative would be in the event of if the NHL could craft like where they would want that franchise to move if it's not in Arizona? Well, I, I think it's Salt Lake City. I agree. Uh, and, uh, Salt Lake City is a growing market. Salt Lake City is bigger than five of the markets that are in the NHL right now. Um, Salt Lake City ha- ha- does have a facility that they could play in right now. Yep. Uh, Salt Lake City has an owner that is w- an NBA owner that wants an NHL team. There's the, the dominoes are all falling in the right place for it has Salt a, Lake City. It has a winter sports culture. It has the climate. Yes. I'm with you on all that. Yeah, and so to me, and it's in the you know in theory it's in this same region of the country. It's the it would be it'd be easy to do. The, the other places that people have talked about, Kansas City, there is no appetite for anyone in Kansas City to own a hockey team. Um, there's no appetite for that arena, which makes money without professional hockey, to take on the chance of losing money with 45 dates. Houston and Atlanta are going to be put over on the side because Houston and Atlanta are too big and, and in theory, potentially too prosperous. So they're not going to be a relocation. If they are anything, they're going to be expansion, if there is such a thing. Um, So I I think that, and we can always talk about Quebec City, it's just not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. Um, So to me, Everything points, and I said this to Bob yesterday, everything points to Salt Lake City being the the best and probably the, 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 the most opportune city to host an NHL team quickly. That makes sense to me. Well, if the uh, I'm not disagreeing with you, John. You're probably right. The one that, that I, I look at that scares the hell out of me is Atlanta because of late there's been a, a lot of talk in Atlanta about trying to get another NHL team. Yep. Well, it's failed there. Yeah. Yes. Well, I don't think big... we're going to Atlanta. I, I mean, Gary kind of hinted at that when he was on with us, that Atlanta is not on the radar right now. So. Well, the one thing I think about Gary is that he he likes the idea of going back to places where previous teams have failed. As if it's some kind of, I don't well, know. I don't. I mean, stamp are, you, are, you, of, are, are of you talking about honor? Are you talking about Winnipeg? Well, they went back to Winnipeg. They went back to Minnesota. Both have both have been very successful. Well, okay, and and here's and here's the other thing. Here's here's the other thing. Well, both you know, Winnipeg was a last resort. They had they had they had no other option. They had one person sitting there saying, "We whatever will buy the, a team." Whatever the cause, whatever the reason yeah. is, Minnesota. We always knew was a great hockey market. I lived there for a couple of years. It was a great hockey market. It just had brutal ownership, brutal ownership. Whatever the case, 
you know, under Gary Bettman, they went back to those two markets, two markets that he watched leave, and he put teams back in there. And Atlanta is the one market right now. I don't think there's another one, is there? Um, that, that uh, has had, had a team? NHL team and lost it. And, Kansas and, City? Quebec City. Well, but and lost, but there's no, there's no, you know, there's no agenda in Quebec City. There's no, there's no, there, nobody is is hammering for a, a Quebec City franchise. Well, well, that's not true. The, the, I mean, all of a sudden, our subscription base in in the city of Quebec City is going to be sending emails to us because there there is well, yeah the other franchise the demand not- the demand for people in Quebec City to have a hockey team is huge. Yeah, it's not going to go back here, but Hartford. But that's not going back to Hartford too small. <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, it's not, Richard. I, I don't think we about, can have hockey about, in the. I talk about a big city that that would fit that category. Atlanta's the only one, really. Well, Houston is the other one, but they've as John Houston said, Houston hasn't had like, a team. Yeah, they made a decision that they're not going there now. No, it, it doesn't make any sense to go now. You know, the you're not gonna you're not gonna get you're not gonna get near the money for a relocation fee as you are as an expansion fee. And remember, expansion fees aren't shared with the players; they're just the owners getting the money. So, the question becomes: like, is expansion on the horizon for the National Hockey League? Like on the ten-year well, horizon, even? Well, I think ten, ten years. Ten years, long time, Bob. Well, well, I, I get that. You gotta, you're, you're at 32 teams. I I submit that 32 teams is sort of the maximum in sport. Well, you I got think... to me. You got to John. I bet you agree with me on this. In terms of expansion, whatever the timeline is, the timeline has to connect to the media rights deals. The Canadian deal comes up first, but the U.S. deal now has been extended for a little bit. So, where else? You know, you. In theory, I think if you're going to expand, you want to try to time that as best you can, right, to the media rights deal under the theory that more teams means that you should get more money from your yeah. media partners. So yeah. the, they do – they are sitting – you know, Rogers is coming up soon, so they do have that. Three years, yeah. Yeah, that that's coming up. But the U.S. one is locked unless – you know, I, I mean, I don't expect this, unless Warner Brothers Discovery somehow – you know, has an out clause or something like that. Like those, those two deals are locked up for a while with ESPN and Warner Brothers Discovery. Five more, five more years. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's your, to me, that's your expansion timeline. I think five years. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't think expansion is on the, on the horizon. I don't, I, I, I'll be honest. I would be shocked if there's expansion within the time that Gary is still the commissioner of this league which I expect to be six more years. That's my gut. I, nobody's told me that, but six more years is what I think he's going to be around for. And he's going to now text me and say, how do you know I'm going to be here out for just six? <laughs> well, <laughs> um, I, I do. But, I do think there's, I mean, I, you know, you, you probably have better sense, John, than me. I do think there's enough talent though for expansion. No, see, that's, I think that that's the bigger issue. Yeah. I really you don't do. think so. No, no I, cool. I think, I, I think that we're, you know, Every once in a while, you have to let the you know you have to let the bottle of water fill up again, and we've we've pushed the envelope with. A, but how how can with, you say that if you see the success of Seattle and Vegas? Because I I think that Seattle and Vegas, when they got the players that they got, at the expense of other teams, Richard, you know, Seattle and Vegas got the eighth to tenth best player on every team. You know, so what's what's happened to Columbus? What's happened to Buffalo? What's happened in Detroit? So you know, the, everything has to rise up. I think that they need to 
that we're talking 100 more jobs because every team is allowed to have 50 contracts. Right. You're, uh, we're talking 100 more hockey but jobs. But you're really in- only talking about 40-something players in the league, right? Well, I, I think that the feeling is you have to, you know, you have to have feeder systems. You have to have minor league teams. I, th- I think that we're, I think we're a ways away from getting that, particularly when it is so difficult at this point to get hockey players out of Russia. All right. Yeah, so what we're, I, what, what you're saying then is expansion is not imminent. Correct. Which is what Gary told us 10 days ago, Bob. Well, that's exactly what everybody should think. That and it's I, not I, imminent. I, So talking about a a city as an expansion city, like Atlanta and Houston, is ludicrous because it's not going to happen probably in our lifetime. But Salt Lake is worth the discussion just because I think they're going to have to figure out what to do with the Arizona situation. Look, there's one in my mind, there's one place that that this franchise should go. Unfortunately, there isn't any, any there there. That's Toronto. I think Hamilton or do you mean literally mean Toronto? I literally mean a second team in Toronto. A little a, a second team at Scotiabank Arena? If you have to for a period of time, at some point you want to build your own arena, don't you? Oh, yeah. But, but we've been down play, that path too, Bob. Huh? We've, we've been down that. And, and, and the last, the, the, the Vegas expansion, um, you know, there was an opportunity and, and a concept. In fact, one of the groups that tried to buy the Senators and then opted out. Had a plan to build a brand new arena in Markham, and the people of Markham turned it down. Oh, I know, I know that 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 mumbo jumbo has been around for a number of years. I was involved in that. Um, you know, it doesn't have to be in Markham. It, it there's a whole bunch of places it could be. The point is, is there a group right now that is promoting themselves and talking to the National Hockey League about moving a franchise to Toronto? Because you now have a franchise that's about to move, I believe. Arizona mm-hmm. has to move. Yep. you got to do something. The NHL would, I mean, uh, while I think there is the demand for a second NHL team in the GTA unquestionably, I don't think there is a shot in the moon the NHL would ever do that. I agree nope. with you. I don't think they're interested. They've never shown any real interest in it. Two teams in New York, Los Angeles, you know, it's it's not going to be the first time. Mm-hmm. Toronto is the hockey bed of the National Hockey League. It's the biggest hockey market in the world. Period. End of story. Why you don't have two teams here is beyond me. It's beyond me. Well, you know what? I hate to say this, Bob, but you're right. You're right. And and the the, the Maple Leafs will kick up a stink. Who cares? No, I. But and and Gary has enough power and enough votes on the board of governors to say, you know what, too bad. But the only way right now, the only way that this will happen, because the Maple Leafs will not share their arena for two years, they won't. So the only way to do it is if some, if if you, if the three of us walked into Gary's office and we had a billion dollars, okay, we had a okay. billion dollars, and we could relocate the Arizona Coyotes to Toronto. You know what Gary would say first? Well, where are you playing? What's your arena? And if we said, oh, no, we're building the arena, the shovels are in the ground, and we're going to be up in a year and a half, then we've got a chance. But until there's an arena to be built, until there's an arena to be built, that's not going to be a factor in this market. I just, I do not see Gary Bettman using his capital to ever try to do that. I, I Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know him well, obviously, but I I cannot see him. I just, I think he, I, my sense would be, John, you can correct me, 
Do you think the owners of the National Hockey League would want two teams in Toronto? Yes. You do. Everything, every, every, everybody but the Maple Leafs. Every, okay, because because it's because of the revenue, right, theoretically right. the revenue right. that would come in. All right. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. We I mean we're we, you know, this is the history of this league is is that Gary has always convinced most of the owners to look after the underdog. You know, we're going to bankroll Peter Carmanos to a, a you know, to hundreds of millions of dollars in Carolina until yeah. we you know, until we get impatient. Same thing has happened, Bob, you know this is with Eugene until he passed away in Ottawa. Sure, I mean, of course. They're in they're in, you know, the senators when the senators get sold, you know, there's $400 million that's going to go off to pay the debt. But Gary has been helping finance that debt for a long period of time. So at because Gary believes in this in this plan of a North American professional hockey league. So but at a certain point, Jeremy Jacobs, the Illich family, uh, you know, the Wurtzes, MLSE say, hold on, we're tired of revenue sharing. We're tired of paying for all of this. We are we are, you know. We've got to get and get teams in right places for hockey-related revenue. And by the way, the Players Association can probably say the same thing too, considering they get fifty percent of the hockey-related revenue. Of course, so it's a it's a difficult one to manage. He's done an amazing job. It's kind of a shell game, Richard. He's done an amazing job, and this is the latest piece of the shell that the people are going to say, "Okay, enough, Gary." We've trusted you. We believed in you. You've got your job done. It's it, you know we are better off in in 2023 than we were 20 years ago, but now put this team in a place where it can actually contribute to revenue sharing rather than sucking it out to the tune of 20 to 30 million dollars. Exactly, and Toronto's the answer. That. And Look, Toronto's I, a, Toronto's a good answer, Bob. A, a, a second team in Toronto would probably be one of the top five economic teams in the National Hockey League. That I almost agree. immediately. Yeah. Almost immediately. I will, I will, t- I, I will tell you. Money story, is what we're talking about. When I when I worked for the when I worked for uh, the Maple Leafs, I I would see Larry every once in a while, and I'd say, Larry, wh- why why can't we have two teams? I mean, the Lakers, you know, the Lakers, the Kings, and uh, and the Clippers play in the same building. Why can't we have two teams? And Larry would look at me like it was laser beams, laser beams. He'd look at me and say, John, that's not going to happen. <laughs> You know what? We we got to look after the Maple Leafs and the Raptors. You know, and we got to look at. We he look he has that. to look after them, not us. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I'm just saying that that was it, it. It has been broached many, many times by many, many people. It hasn't happened yet. But if if the three of us we could build a, an arena that could suit the National Hockey League, I think we could get a team here. Well, John, if you see Larry Tannenbaum in any hall, tell him to buy a WNBA team, please. Let's go. Well, that's going to happen too, don't you think? Yes, that's going to happen. I couldn't care less. Hey, did you, by the way, did you go to the NBA WNBA game? I did. I covered. It. How dare you, Bob? I covered it for the Athletic, oh. and uh, it was great. It it was an absolute calling card for the city. Toronto will be a successful WNBA franchise. The question now is, when they expand, will Toronto be in the first expansion or the second? But it was an absolute home run. Well, how could it not I be? I hope in that MLSE gets behind it because if you get MLSE's resources, like. Um, involved in that franchise, it's a can't miss. Can't miss. Well, it, they'll be involved if you're going to play at that arena. Well, they, they have different ownership possibilities, but I think that's the only ownership. What, that you what do you mean? D- different ownership possibilities in Toronto? I, the commissioner of the league said that there are multiple ownership groups interested. So maybe there's some billionaire in Canada who's 
making yeah Drake increase. But I think it, it you you in my opinion you must align yourself with MLSC. There's just sure. too many there's too many things that they have when it comes to professionalized basketball that can't be duplicated. Yeah. yeah. By the way, I think you have to next time you talk to the commissioner of the WNBA, I have to give her a little bit more background on our city. Why? What did she? What did she? What did she mistake? Well, just watch, watch the interview she did on TSN during the game. It was the most innocuous interview. There was no knowledge of what goes on. It, it was oh, almost like she crossed. It's almost, almost like she crossed. It's almost like she crossed the border and said, "Wow, there's a new country." Well, you know, these commissioners it, have to be intentionally bland and boring and mundane. No, not to she was. That. She was less than that. Oh. <laughs> right, well, what up? Uh, I'm all in on it. I mean, listen, I covered women's basketball for many years. Sports Illustrated. I've always said. I think even when Bob disagreeing with me, this is a good, this can be a really hot market for professional women's basketball. And I, I maintain that. And I now have evidence of a preseason game being sold out at that place. Preseason. Uh, congratulations. I don't care. <laughs> and uh, I, I don't care if the NBA, WNBA comes oh, to know. Toronto and the, or if the games are played here, I couldn't care less. All right. You've made that clear. As, I, uh, I think nothing, I, I think they're, part of the, first, they're going to be part of the first. They're going to be part of the first expansion wave. They'd be nuts not to the media market. So. Yeah, and, well, you know, we get to the point where we and, and and every American network and every American uh, league finds this out is that holy smokes, that's a regional market of thirty five million people. But anyway, well, I know we we I definitely before I leave your your fine establishment, gentlemen, I do want to talk about the Yankees and Blue Jays because that this has been we'll a great there. series. We got to take ever. a break. We got to take a break first, uh, Deitch. All Hang right. On. Trying to run uh, the show again, Bob. Richard Deitch is with us, and uh, we'll be back after these messages. Spring is here, and so are the long days, warm weather, and yard work. If you're anything like me, then you know how easy it is to get behind on your spring to-do list. But Factor is here to help. The number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with ready-to-eat meals delivered right to your door, saving you time to get the things you need to do done. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. We offer delicious, flavor-packed options on the menu each week to fit a variety of lifestyles, like keto to calorie-smart, vegan, or veggie. With over 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. Head to factormeals.com slash bobcast50 and use code bobcast50 to get 50% off of your first box. That's code bobcast50 at factormeals.com slash bobcast50 to get 50% off of your first box. We are back, part two, with uh, Deitch. Uh, you said you want to talk baseball? I cannot tell you. I Listen. The Yankees are the easiest team to root against, right? And for so many years, and obviously I'm in New York. Even you, a New Yorker? Yeah, yeah. I, I grew up a Met fan, but I have no oh. affinity. <laughs> I have no affinity for the Yankees, but I, I don't, I'm not even a Met fan anymore. So it's sort of, I have no affinity really for the Mets. But for so long, the Yankees, Bob, really were not like for Blue Jays fans, like the evil empire, the way like they've always been the evil empire for Red Sox fans. And that's why I love this week. Because this week, we have started to see the intense hatred of the New York Yankee franchise. Vladdy lit a little bit of a flame a couple of months ago when he said, I will never play for these guys, which I love. That that is music to my ears. 
And now this week with um, the Aaron Judge, you know, was he looking at the dugout for signs? That Yankees pitcher who clearly had some kind of spider tack on his hands has been suspended. Uh, you know, some heated uh, chatting between the two teams. Even last year with Manoa and Garrett Cole, Manoa basically saying, cross over the line and I'll fight you. This is great. Mm-hmm. We now have a rivalry between the Blue Jays and the Yankees, and I can't love it enough. What, uh, do we have a rivalry in Toronto? Do you think we have a rivalry in New York? No, I think we have a rivalry in Toronto. In New York, it's the Red Sox still. And right. um, I think Yankee, I mean, I don't want to talk for all Yankee fans. Uh, Yankee fans just, I think, still see the Blue Jays as like this kind it's of innocuous team. team over the border. Yep. Um, <laughs> you know, you don't think of them in like heated September baseball terms the way you do. Um, the Red Sox, and actually even for Yankee fans, I think the Rays, they feel about like that too because the Rays have always been really tight with them. But I think this weekend has notched this thing up to a different level, and I bet you Yankee fans, when the Blue Jays are in New York, it's going to be – their Yankees going to be booing the Blue Jays, which is and good. You, and you know what I found interesting to me uh, last night in watching the game? Who's standing in the Jays' dugout right beside John Snyder, right beside Pete Walker? Don Mattingly. I know. Like, you know, he was the captain of the Yankees. Wasn't Mon- he? He's in Monument Park. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Don Mattingly sitting there and he had, I mean, the three of them, they were chirping all the time. I know. They were yapping at each other. They were having a good time with each other. And then they they let, left no stone unturned, making sure that Aaron Boone and the Yankees knew exactly what was going on on the other side of the field. Yeah. Well, think- I mean, it, it's, it's, it, I mean, Bob, you've, you've seen, you've covered and seen and loved baseball. Um, it's pretty interesting because, like, I don't think I, – I, I don't consider, like, what Aaron Judge did cheating. Like, I think if a team picks up a pitcher tipping pitches, you have every right as a team to then signal to the batter what that pitcher may be doing. I feel like that's gamesmanship part of baseball. Well, and particularly when Jack said admit after after the game that he was tipping pitches. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, don't, I don't consider that cheating. I mean, maybe some do, but I don't. I wonder what Mattingly thinks of all this. Like, yeah. is is it deep in his heart? Is he still a Yankee? I oh, think no. so. You think? Or, you don't think wait, so? You don't think so, John? He played there. Well, does, well I know, but he, he was hate like, them he as managed, much as he, yeah. He, ma- else. he managed the Dodgers. He managed Florida or Miami yeah. or whatever you want to call it. I mean, he he's been gone long enough uh, yeah. in a, in a uh, in a managerial or a coaching situation. Does he now see what the evil empire is all about? It's good. And he doesn't live in New York. I think he lives in Indiana or one of these states. So, uh, yeah, you know what, Bob? I shouldn't reflexively say yes. I don't know. It's a great yeah. question. But, I mean, he will always be associated with the Yankees just because of his. Well, plans. by us. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But you're right. Like, I um, I don't know. And maybe, you know, like today's players, like, you know, once they leave a team, like they they don't, you know, they're, they're playing for their new team. They, mm-hmm. they leave whatever happened behind I, I don't think george springer like thinks of himself as an astro or something like that he thinks of himself as a blue jay I, I just think like last night's game like there was a great tension in watching that game and that feels different than previous end games i'm sure some of it was it was zero zero and it's a tight game but like you can tell like these two teams now really want to beat each other and that's very very good i feel like for Toronto baseball. Well, in 2023, what we saw was something we don't see very often is an old-fashioned pitcher's duel. Yeah. That's what we saw, Garrett Cole and, and you know, and Bassett. Bassett. I mean, we don't yeah. see that very often anymore because, by the way, after the sixth inning, you're leaving. 
Yeah, you don't have to anymore though because the games are faster. So right. you you can you can stick around. It's actually uh, um, it was very cool to watch last night just because like Bassett is now in rarefied air. I mean, he's not so far away from the Clemens Dave Steve record of uh, consecutive scoreless games by a pitcher um, in his first year as a Blue Jay. So you know the in many ways he certainly I think Kikuchi obviously given he's had more good starts than bad they've really bailed out Manoa who absolutely Boy. is a mess right now well I got I got to tell you and I don't know if you feel the same way you know when you look at all the players that the Blue Jays acquired during the offseason this starting pitcher was not at the top of my list he was a guy I thought would be third or fourth in the rotation. Hopefully, he'd be a 500 pitcher, and he'd probably be okay. But I really didn't pay much attention to him. This guy is really good, or at, yeah. he has pitched really well so he, far. Uh, with the A's, he was their ace for a while. Mm-hmm. And with the Mets, he was great until the playoffs, and the playoffs he got knocked around. But he's traditionally been a pretty good pitcher. Um, and so if this guy is like your number three pitcher – you have a really good team. Again, though, like Manoa has to fix whatever's going on because the the whole team in some ways, in my opinion, is set up where you have Gaussman and Manoa um, giving you the advantage to essentially win every series. And then if you go to the postseason to win postseason series, if he's not the pitcher he used to be, the Jays are a very, very different team. So I hope that gets fixed. Well, where, where, would, where would the Blue Jays pitching staff be without Bassett and Kikuchi? You, you honestly, you'd be under five hundred. Yeah. So you're right. I, would, I don't think anybody would have told you that on opening day. I know it's 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 amazing that those two guys are the most valuable pitchers right now um, in the entire uh, on the entire roster. And then I would say, at least early on, John, where would you be without Matt Chapman? Who you know oh, it's yeah. come it's come down a little bit now, but the first month of the year he carried that entire team. I, I think that there's some great stories in the field with the, with this team of guys. You know, I mean, Bichette has done what now is doing what he is supposed to do. Guerrero's yep. I, I, Guerrero is still, still to me. I, I you know we we're not seeing that home run ball like we used to. I don't know whether that's a plan or not, but that's certainly the way it goes. But I, and I've told Bob this many times. I mean, I to me, I love watching Varsho play. I think he's so much fun, so much fun in the field that he's so good and. That that's really how the, the acquisitions this team made in the off season, you know, Bassett and Varsho in particular, Kiermaier too, yeah. have really improved the ball club in so many ways. No, I got it. You got to, you know, it, we're not so far removed from people calling for them to be fired three or four years ago, but you have to give it up to Ross Atkins and Mark Shapiro. Like their last couple of moves have been unbelievable. I mean, Kevin Kiermaier essentially was like scrap heaped by the Rays. They thought he was injured and done. This guy, this guy, maybe you guys can tell me. I didn't see Devon White. This guy has, he's like, he's already like maybe the best center fielder I've ever seen in a Blue Jays uniform. Or he's up there. He's certainly in the. Well, Devon White would be the other guy, in my opinion. Yeah. So, like, but that's, you know, a long time ago. And that's, that was like their, one of their last moves. I mean, you brought Bassin in. Um, That Varsho trade, I think, is excellent. Even if his average is low, I just like this guy. You can see this guy when he gets it together is could he is total all star potential. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know they freed up uh, Jansen and Kirk so that both those guys can get more at bats. I even think the Merrifield deal now is awesome because he's had a great year. Sure he has. Give up, 
They didn't give up anything for that guy. So their moves have been still think they could use one more reliever, power arm, the swing and miss guy, but they they've made great moves. Definitely. They just have to they just have to find a way to improve their record against the American League East. The American League East is tough though. You know, that's the the problem is like honestly, John, those five teams are probably the best five teams in the American League. Maybe Houston too. But like and not everybody's making the playoffs. So that's it's gonna be Baltimore got good and it changed the complexion of that division. You know, go, going back to Manoa, the thing that bothers me right now, we all understand that Manoa is not what he was. What bothers me the most is they've talked a, on the broadcast, they've talked a lot about Manoa. And the response from management, coaching, etc., it seems to be, we don't know what's wrong. I know. Like, that is concerning to me. They're not... It sounds like they're not working on anything. They haven't identified what the difference is. Um, they're kind of shrugging their shoulders saying, we don't know. I'm sure they're working on it, but I don't think well, they Well, I know. gather, I know they're working on it. Yeah. And you know they're working on it, but they don't have an answer. Yeah, I mean, I, nor do I. I. You know, my initial thought early on was that teams were reading him. Like he was tipping his pitches somehow or people knew it was coming. I don't know if I believe that anymore because his control isn't there and his – and his velocity is a little down. So I don't I, know. I talked about that several weeks ago. Yeah. His velocity is down about three miles an hour. Yeah. Which obviously in baseball makes a big difference. That's so a I'm, big deal. I'm not, I'm, you know, I guess if you're a Blue Jay fan, you just got to hope that like he plays himself into the season, but we're already in mid May, you know? Yeah. We, we, we can't use the line, it's early very much longer. No, it's, yeah, you can't use that. I, I, th- I do think we forget how young he is. True. Yeah. And you know, well, that may be, that may yeah. be true, John, but we're, we're reflecting on, on what we think this blue Jay team is capable of this season. And oh. the issue right now, the pitching issue right now, shockingly is Manoa. It's no one, no, none of the other starters. Yeah. I, I just is, wonder, is I wonder not? at his, at his age, I wonder the, the off field distractions. He's got a lot more attention. He's got a lot more. I mean, to me, Richard, to me, what we're seeing with Alec Manoa is comparable to what Raptor fans saw with Scotty Barnes. Well, I mean, the only thing I would say, John, is like, <laughs> it's not New York or Chicago. I mean, what are the off-field distractions going out to? I mean, like, you know, it's I, I don't know. I think this feels to me either mental or physical, um, and I don't know. Like, like Bob, like the velocity is a little concerning because, like, the the re- the real the realities of Major League Baseball are. There's a big difference between throwing 93 and 97. Like it just is, and especially mm-hmm. a guy like with 97 with movement. Like you, you see Nate Pearson, right? He's got an incredible arm, but major league p- baseball players can hit a 99 mile an hour fastball if it's down the plate. Like they can hit it fairly easily, and that's what's concerning with Manoa is it's like not only is his control off, but his velocity's off. Um, so I'm hoping that I don't know maybe he just wasn't in as good a shape coming in, and he's got to play himself into shape. Maybe they're picking up something on video, but the problem for the Blue Jays is there's no – you can fix different things. There's no fix if he's not good. Like, the, you cannot get another number two, number one type of pitcher to come in for this team. So you have to figure out how to fix this. Like, there's not a replacement anywhere for him. That's that's what makes this a little bit scary because we're like, you know, the, the shortstop gets hurt. You can figure that out. You know, center field gets hurt. You can figure that out. There's no figuring this one out. He has to. He has to get better. Well, there's no figuring it out right now. Yeah. 
Uh, and the issue, and the issue, of course, is that he has multiple pitching problems. Number one, his control yeah. is has gone from being excellent to being poor, and he has he has a fastball that isn't anywhere near as good as it was. So you have multiple problems that you have to address, and maybe that's what's causing these guys to kind of shrug their shoulders and say, "We don't know. Yeah, we don't know what to do." Because there are yeah, two problems again, that may be unrelated. Yeah. The only thing, John, I would say to your sort of thesis, what you just said, I certainly could see you don't know what's going on in people's lives. Like, you mm-hmm. just you don't know. And so, you know, you just got to hope that um, he fixes it. I, I do like his attitude as a player and a pitcher, and I think he will work hard to fix it. Um, that is a good thing with him. He always has struck me as a competitor. He cares about his craft. He seems to be a great teammate. And I, and I think he has the right attributes to fix it. So I'm hoping it's not physical and it's more mental because I think then that's fixable. Uh, quickly, before we let you go, uh, NBA, I know you've watched that. Um, you weren't shocked by Miami's victory in game one, were you? No, um, I, I would pick the Celtics in that series, but I wouldn't be shocked. I will say yeah, if, I can, you're, I can uh, see that. if you're Adam Silver and uh, the NBA, you, you are rooting for either the Celtics or the Lakers to make the finals. Because a Denver Miami, the Lakers are not going to make the final. Yeah, a Denver Miami television final is is a rough final for the NBA after some incredible, I agree. great, I agree. great numbers so far for the postseason. I mean, best numbers they've had in a decade. But um, you, you mean but worse Denver, than a Florida Miami would be challenging? Worse than a Florida Vegas Stanley Cup final? No, nothing is worse. <laughs> well, no, I was yeah. The uh, that's a good question, John. Actually. What do you think is a better national viewership team, Vegas or Dallas? I think Vegas is a little better, right? So do I. And, and yeah. we, Bob and I have had this discussion. I don't understand it, but Dallas is not, even though it's in the top 10 of market. I know. It is such a small, because Dallas is such a football town. I mean, they the, first nine, they're not, they, the first nine sports are, Dow, are football, and then yeah. then all the others are after that. They're also not, they're not a great viewership team in the NBA, and they're not any kind of viewership team for the Rangers. It's a weird city in terms of, and the Cowboys are far and away the most important viewership property in the NFL. It's just, mm-hmm. it's and weird. they've been horrible say, for years. Yeah. yeah, if you are Gary Bettman and you see, uh, you know, Carolina versus the Stars, uh <laughs> Sorry, TBS, but that's not going to be good viewership at all. Who do you think the two finalists are in the NBA? You think um, Boston gonna, and the East? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to stick with Celtics Nuggets. That's that's who I think it's going to be. I think um, the Nuggets are going to win easy. That was I an impressive fo- third quarter. That was the impressive third quarter. Last I, I'm with Bob. The Nuggets look unbelievable. Like they just look like they have obviously one of the best players in the league, if not the best. And then they just play as a team. Like they look good. Yeah. And yeah, they're well, deep. And they're I deep. think that's true, but I also think the Lakers have 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 been playing out of their minds, yeah. and that has got to end. Yeah, they. I mean, you know, Le- I just don't think they're that good. Yeah, Anthony Davis, like, and LeBron, like, they're not young. The gas tank's got to be close to E, and we'll see if I don't. You know, I, I never bet against LeBron, but the rea- he's still thirty eight years old. Like at a certain point, it does catch up to. Of course, it does. And they got that. That's two. It's not three guys. Yes, it's two. And look at the other players. Look at the guys that get minutes on the Lakers. I just they're, like they're the, basically the, nobodies. Yeah, the thing with uh, Jokic is, I, I he just can't be defended. Like if he's not he scoring, he he's such an incredible passer for his side. Like he's these he's just a 
much like Giannis in a very different way, obviously, you just can't guard him. Like, there's no way to guard him, and that's that's a problem for the Lakers. All right. Well, I, I'm inclined to take Miami and uh, and and Denver. Well, yeah, Denver, and I'm rooting I think for Miami because I would love to see Kyle Lowry win another title. Well, that'd be okay. And I'd, by the way, I, I think the story of Jimmy Butler, you know, after Jimmy all Butler's the years, been fan, unbelievable. unbelievable. Been, but, you know, Jimmy Butler was the was for for a few years was the bad boy of basketball. Yeah, yeah, and he has turned he has turned his career around. He, you can see his maturation. And he is an unbelievable basketball player. He is. By the way, we're going to look back on this, you know, five, ten years from now. It is now still unbelievable that the Raptors beat that Sixers team with Embiid and Butler. Uh, you know, you needed the crazy bounce shot from Kawhi, but the Sixers blew it. Oh, How could you have gotten rid of that guy? He's so good. Well, the Sixers managed to blow it one way or another every year. Yeah. Embiid, no Embiid, doesn't matter who they bring in, it seems. And just remember, that ownership group just bought the Washington Commanders. <laughs> You're right. Well, right. at least the Raptors so the, now have their choice of 17 coaches. So pick one. What are you saying, Shannon? Do you, you think the Commanders then finish last every year from now on? Well, it, you know, Josh Harris and his group, they pretend that they are the modern-day owners and they understand the analytics of every sport. Uh, the Devils turned it around this year. The Sixers have waffled for the last few years, and now he's bought the Washington Commanders. I, I, I don't know what to think what, what happened with Josh Harris and his group, but they're trying to reinvent professional sports and how it's done. I will say this, John, about Josh Harris. Forget about everything else. He will have one significant advantage. He's better than Daniel Snyder. Right. He's a conquering <laughs> hero for the fan base, so he, he will have <laughs> – he will have a two-year, three-year honeymoon. You agree? He cannot do anything wrong because he's not the other. And by and by then, I will have decided to build a new stadium, and then people will be even more happy. With exactly. by the way, with by the way, to go full circle, government money. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So in that sense, yeah, I I think a lot of those guys are full of blarney, telling telling us that they can do things better than everybody else. But for that particular franchise ownership, he has the greatest trump card. He is replacing. Stalin and Mussolini. And so, you know, he's, he's, he can't lose. You can't argue that. Uh, Deitch, we got to get out of here. Uh, we got to say goodbye to you. Thank you very much. As always, we appreciate it, you know. Thanks, guys. Always fun. We'll talk to you again, I hope. That's Absolutely. Richard Deitch. And John and I will be back after this. We all know how to use the internet, but most of us don't know how the internet uses us. So instead of figuring out how I can protect myself from the unknown that is the World Wide Web, I just got NordVPN to do it for me. First and foremost, what's a VPN? It stands for Virtual Private Network. Pretty much a VPN creates a secure connection from your device to your network, and NordVPN does it the best. It took me literally the click of one button to connect to their security package, and now all six of my devices are protected from malware, web tracking, intrusive ads, and infected files. Also, it has access to over 6,000 servers across the world, which means if a TV show or movie doesn't stream in your country, you can just switch to a country server where it does. Get four extra months and a 30-day money-back guarantee when you buy NordVPN by heading to nordvpn.com slash bobcast. Go to nordvpn.com slash bobcast for four extra months on your security package. Uh, we are back. Again, our thanks to Deitch for uh, for joining us. Uh, another another week to be a, uh, a golf fan, another yeah. major on the on the docket. 
we now I'm not have... used to this yet. I'm not used to the PGA being in May yet. I Bob. know it's supposed to be in August when it's yeah. 100 yeah. degrees somewhere. Yeah, I'm not used to and it. And it's they they delayed today's opening round because of cold and because of uh uh yeah, in frost in uh, in frost, Rochester. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever played uh, Oak Hill? No, I've driven by it many times and said I wish I could play it, but uh, I can't may, see my may, car can't seem get, get to get through the uh, the driveway. So, well, two things I've played it a couple of times. Um, number one, it's one of my favorite golf courses. Really? Why? Oh, it's just a wonderful place, and it's a wonder. And I'll tell you, it's a wonderful golf course. But I will tell you this: it is absolutely the toughest golf course I've ever played. Again, why? What, what like too many bunkers, too much, too much water, just length. That's the interesting Ice. thing. There isn't one thing that that gets you. It's everything. Hmm. Length is is really an issue. I found it to be a very long, very and very hard golf course. Yeah. Um, but I can't put my finger on you know like there are no easy holes. Like that's just it. Most golf courses you go to, there's a couple of holes that you feel like you can you can make a score on. Mm-hmm. There's none of that at Oak Hill. Yeah. Every hole you play is a monster. And it's funny in reading reading yesterday and today, <laughs> and you know the storyline. This the storyline for Live only comes up four times a year now. It's and it's around the majors. Yeah, you know, and the the Live players that can or can't play. Uh, there's lots of discussion right now about uh, you, you know. Uh, Ryder Cup teams can, you know, that was the discussion this morning at Oak Hill about what, whether uh, Zach Johnson's going to be able to pick live players for the Ryder Cup team because uh, there are a certain amount of guys at the PGA qualify for the Ryder Cup automatically. So I, it's because uh, I don't think I've given one thought to the live tour since the Masters. Have you? No, I haven't. I haven't paid any. Of course, I pay no attention to it and I haven't thought about it to tell you the truth either. Yeah. Look, at, I, I'm, tr- I'm trying to figure out like, who will be good on this golf course? You got to drive it far. That's first. But probably more important than that is you have to drive it straight. The rough there is not US Open rough. No. But it is the PGA has historically not created a golf course with excessive rough. Historically, that's not been their their mandate. This rough is pretty high. It's pretty deep. And if you hit it in the rough off the tee, there is absolutely no guarantee you can knock it on the green from there. It's not like that. It is tough. And if you get a bad lie so, in the rough. So, so give me a name. I can't. I tried not, all. I not Scheffler? Not Scheffler? You know, the guy who hits it the furthest and the straightest off the tee, I think, is McElroy. But his game, I don't know what his game is like. I don't yeah. think he's played since Augusta. And he missed the cut there. So I don't know what his game is like. You know, at the end of the day, putting is going to be a big factor. It is in every golf tournament, no matter what kind of course it is. But I think from tee to green, it's a McElroy kind of course. I have it. Here, here's my name. You ready for my name? He doesn't hit the ball long enough anymore. Jason Day. I, I think Jason well, Day is going to be Jason like after, be after his guys. win last week. Yep. Yeah. I'd be I'd be really happy with that. But I I have no reason to think he's. He's that kind of player. We'll see. He had a big week last week, and that sure is, did. there's no factor on the PGA Tour that is more important in predicting a victor than what they did last week. It's all about right? momentum, isn't it? it? It is almost all about momentum. 
and Day has it. But I wish him well. I hope he does well. I, it's going to be a it's a great golf course if you get a chance to play it, John. I there's no golf course I would recommend more. Okay, honestly, it's not that far from here, you know. I know, couple hour drive, two three yeah. hours. Yeah, Oak Hill in uh, Rochester, the home of the PGA. We got to get out of here for John Shannon, Bob McCown. We'll see you tomorrow. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.